happy Saturday to you, and welcome to my living room where I tell stories and write stories. My name is Jim Hurdle, and you're listening to The Last Storyteller. I took a little bit of time off since our last broadcast, uh, dealing with some medical stuff. No big deal, but you got to take care of these things, you know. And on, uh, I think it was Thursday, I was at the doctor's office waiting my turn to see him when out from the back area this uh, young lady walks out and I watched her actually from the from that door to the front door to leave the doctor's office she actually danced across the room now she may have been listening to something on her her earphones or something or other but I got the impression that there was no music other than whatever words the doctor had given to her. Now, it's kind of refreshing to see. And it often happens, a thought popped up into my mind, and I wondered about that thought, and the thought became a short story that I'm going to share today. It's called Empty Air. So sit back and listen. I hope you enjoy it. Empty Air. I knocked on the door again. Mom had the music playing at full volume. Billy Joel was singing about the piano man. You know, she's never showed any signs of a hearing problem. Hell, she's only 65. Why was the music turned up so loud? I wondered if the neighbors were complaining, especially Miss Gunter in 3B. That lady bitches about everything. Carol thinks she... She's a Nazi spy criminal. And that would put Miss Gunter somewhere around 100 years old. <laughs> She's definitely not 100. But I can tell, I, I didn't, and I can't, I won't tell Carol that. You see, my wife's a, a inspiring author, and she writes historical fiction. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, not bestseller good stuff, but it's still good. I think my wife lives in the past a lot. Maybe that's why for her everything seems like it just happened. Even World War II and Nazi spies who happened to live above my mother. I knocked on the door again. I don't want to use the key Mom gave me, even though she told me to use it any time. It just doesn't feel right. This is her place, not mine not ours, or not even theirs. See, after Dad died, Mom sold the house they had lived in since 1976. That was the year I was born. She sold it for six times what they had paid for it. She moved into the Cosmopolitan Apartments across from the dying shopping mall. She's paying rent. I didn't understand it, between the profits on the sale of the house and Dad's insurance policy, Mom has enough money to buy a condo on a beach or a small house in the Southern California, as if she wanted to. I tried to tell her she was throwing away money by paying rent. What else am I to do with it, she asked me. I can't take it with me. Besides, Mom likes living within walking distance of the mall. That mall is older than me. Most of the stores have long since closed the doors. What was left is a giant shell of a building for 
early morning mall walkers to get their steps in. And there's two Starbucks, one on each end of the mall. Scattered in between are discount stores and jewelers. But Mom really likes it. Her and Dad used to walk through the mall at Christmas time, enjoying the sights and sounds of a then bustling wonderland. My, how things change. Things just grow old. I slid the key into the lock and opened the door. Mom was in the middle of the living room. The coffee table had been pushed to one side. Two candles, those big fat candles you see in grocery stores, one red and one blue, one on each end of the table. Their wicks on fire and the fire dancing to the same music Mom was dancing to. She was wearing a yellow summer dress and her hair pulled back into a ponytail like, like a young girl. She was barefooted, moving across the carpet with the grace I didn't know she had. She dipped and turned and swirled to the piano man. Her eyes were closed, her lips moving with the lyrics. Her arms were out in front of her, holding, holding nothing, holding empty air. As I walked across the room, Mom continued to dance. The music was coming from a smart speaker. I didn't know my mother owned a smart speaker, much less know how to, knew how to work one. Next to the speaker were two wine glasses. One was empty, the other half full. Or is it half empty? I have never in all my years known my mother to wet her lips with alcohol of any kind. I touched the mute button on the speaker's screen. The silence seems louder than the music. Mom stops dancing. She opens her eyes and smiles at me. Why did you turn it off? It's kind of loud, Mom, I told her. We didn't notice, she tells me. Her arms are still in front of her, holding, holding empty air. Can you turn it back on, please? Who are you dancing with, Mom? I ask her, glancing at the two wine glasses. Tilting her head back, she looks up. With the only man I've ever danced with. Oh, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Five years ago today, Dad died. How had I forgotten? Well, because life is busy, that's how. Don't judge me. I could tell you things that I've given up since Dad died to take care of her. But that would be a lie. She doesn't need me to take care of her. Not yet, anyway. Maybe that day will come, but it's not here yet. I look at the wine glasses and then at her standing in the middle of the living room, waiting for the music to start, holding on to shit, holding on to nothing. Maybe that day has come sooner than what I expected. Why don't you sit down with me, Mom, I said. You look a little tired. Turn the music back on, she tells me. This is your father's favorite part. Mom, I say with hesitation, is Dad here? 
She walks over to the smart speakers, tapping the play button. Billy Joel. Yes, they're sharing a drink they call loneliness. She turns on her heels, holding him in her arms. But it's better than drinking alone. She bumps into me as they dance across the room, her eyes closed. I get a whiff of English leather as she passes by. Dad's cologne. He always wore it, English leather and a brown suit he bought from Macy's when it was still in the mall. He'd gotten hired by a small accounting firm. It was a second job. He worked the late shift at the bottling factory, making no money and coming home with fresh cuts on his hands every single night. You know, he had bought her that yellow dress with his first paycheck from the firm. Also, a bike for me and my kid brother. That brown suit was the only one he ever owned. We buried him in it. Mom slows as does the song. She stands with her head resting on an unseen shoulder. In her arms, wrapped around empty air. <laughs>